My name is Peter Squire, and I am the Winnipeg Regional Real Estate Board's Vice President of External Relations and Market Intelligence. Welcome to The Voice, where we invite government and community leaders to discuss topics important to you, our Realtor members. I have John Kiernan, the City of Winnipeg's Director of the Planning, Property and Development Department, joining me to share his wealth of experience and keen insight into the fundamental and essential takeaways from some of his department's major projects this year. 2021 has been a big year for updating, engaging, reviewing and deliberating on significant long-term planning documents that will shape the city's future growth and development over the next 25 years. The ones we are going to delve into here are the new residential development guidelines for mature communities. I really appreciate, John, you joining us today. Welcome to The Voice. I'll get right into it, as I know we have a lot to cover. As for the recently approved residential infill guidelines for mature communities, can you highlight some of the key objectives, areas of focus here, such as location criteria, and key considerations the guidelines address? And before you answer, I will state at the outset the Winnipeg Regional Real Estate Board supports the overarching goal of the residential infill strategy to advance a shared vision for residential infill that helps address demand for new housing while preserving neighborhood quality, character, and livability. I would add here that neighborhood quality needs to include and recognize older housing coming to the end of its life cycle. Any infill strategy must incent owners to either renew their older homes or be able to sell them to make way for new dwelling units in keeping with what buyers today are looking for. Thanks, Peter, and thanks for having me here today on on the infill topic. I much appreciate it. You touched on a really good point just as you asked the question of, it's not just about what has been a lot in the news of uh, lot splits and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's really lots of homes are life-cycled, and sometimes it's style, character, size, the amenities they provide. And in some cases, it's simply renewal within an existing neighborhood. One house comes down, another one goes up. In other cases, there's an opportunity to create two out of one or four out of two. The range of housing types that are incorporated into a neighborhood have begun to evolve so that we have townhouses, duplexes. I I think the thought behind the vision for what you grow up and have as a house continues to evolve and continues to evolve with immigration, changes family lifestyle. And so providing that range of housing, particularly in existing neighborhoods, is really important. So we created the the guideline for mature communities. It was to ensure policies are implemented in a way that we can accommodate growth, but not to change what makes our neighborhoods unique. Winnipeg really is a community of neighborhoods. And so how do you respect that? And that could be heights, setbacks from the front street, In our own house, we have a discussion point between one person who is correct, and that would be myself, prefers the flat roof look, and the person who I share my my house with prefers a peak. And so this is not about style or taste or architectural features. It's really about the shape in which you can build to reflect, you know, we don't want to pickle neighborhoods in time of you must build something that was built 60 years ago. When you talk to the home builders, the technologies have changed, the opportunities have changed, the amenities that are required have changed. So lots has evolved. So really to get this, the guidelines cover a a broad range of development and design issues includes context, site layout, building design, and what we call building mass. That's size and scale uh, relative to the context of that block. 
we've really wrestled around with some neighborhoods that have not had change occur in 60 years. Some streets in our city have undergone multiple changes on those. And so what's the right blend and balance? And that's really what we're, we're looking to achieve and create a standard of development within our mature neighborhoods that respects the character of that neighborhood. Do you feel we are closer as a city now to creating more clarity, certainty, and predictability for all stakeholders involved in the infill development process? We had members from the development industry, builders, residents from areas that were undergoing you know, rapid change within their community. And so I think the idea of when it comes to infill development, whether you're a resident, a builder, or a decision maker, everyone wanted to have greater clarity, certainty, and predictability. And we think it's an important, these guidelines are an important step in providing that. And they're a communication tool. What we've said and what council's decision really was, is use them as guidelines. So when someone comes in and asks for a variance, uh, a lot split, uh, you know, something that's not within their rights, well, then we apply the guidelines and go, happy to do that. We can do it, but here's your side yards we would like to see. Here's the setbacks. So if you're asking for, and we always say you go through zoning and variances because you're asking for new permissions, greater permissions in lots of cases. So if you're doing that, here's how we'd like to see your project be shaped. And we're going to do that for a year, monitor it, test it. We're really test driving the guidelines. And as we update our zoning bylaw, we would be looking to do over the next year, we can incorporate lessons learned into the zoning bylaw, and then they're embedded in code. So there's no question, there's no ambiguity. People know what they have to achieve to come forward if they wish to develop. Residents who are in place know the expectations for what can happen in the yard beside them, if that's the case. I understand there will be new zoning amendments required to to follow through on the new guidelines that you've just approved. For example, I gather you will be changing current single-family zoned area districts to allow duplexes as a conditional use. Can you explain how quickly you intend to move ahead with the zoning changes, and will industry stakeholders be kept apprised of your progress in this regard? Yep, absolutely, on the the keeping people up to date on the progress. What we found out in conversation with lots of residents in a community, they said, well, rather than doing two, two properties side by side with very limited side yards and that you're eating up a greater footprint, can you just put them together? A smaller scale, less impact on the neighborhood, a bigger house itself. But in some cases, it fits very well with the context of the street. So rather than having to split it, residents and community were coming back and saying, we would like to see this happen as opposed to a lot split or uh, two builds on two smaller lots. We really like the idea. And it works very well in some areas when you want that scale and the massing and those components. So it would be conditional. So it means it's not a by right and it allows you another, another housing option. Speaking about housing, here's a question on housing supply. Housing supply is critical as it always has been to meeting current demand for a growing city. Scarcity of supply drives house prices up, so we do not want to lose Winnipeg's housing affordability advantage over many other more expensive housing markets in the country. This statement can apply beyond the infill guidelines for mature communities, but I guess I'm just looking for a general comment on do you think the city will be able to deliver on providing the different housing options and necessary units required to accommodate the demand the conference board has forecast for the city over the next 20, 25 years? I think we're well positioned on it. Our role is to set the stage, support, enable, and administer programs. And we don't provide you know, housing directly, but we provide those opportunities. And so what we've always said as a municipality, 
we like to have a five-year supply on hand of planned to be serviced or already serviced sites. And so that's the extension already approved, already in place. You look at that five to 10-year period further out, and Winnipeg's growth has accelerated over the last 10 years. So there's a bit of push and pull on the supply and demand catching up with each other, and you want them to work in sync. And, and so really the, the five-year demand is sort of the, the given base level with, you know, sort of 10 years out. Investments have to be made by the private sector. Uh, we need to be able to set the stage for some certainty of infrastructure and those components coming to them in a timely way to not inhibit development from occurring. And when you look at our capital budget, there's a fairly substantial investment that's going into sewer and water over the next five to 10 years to be able to accommodate that growth. Because as we said, that's that may be our limiting factor that we would need to address as uh, an impediment to steady continued growth because you don't want to see a throttling back because of a lack of infrastructure in the provision of timely and affordable housing. I'll just add in here, John, that things develop as we just heard with the uh, opening up of the airport vicinity lands potentially for more multifamily. So in some instances, you didn't plan for that, but that creates an opportunity to, to create more infill development in, a, in an area where we know is, is desirable out towards that airport in St. James area. You look at that and the employment that takes place in that quadrant now, in many cities, you want to live in the quadrant you work in. I, I think Winnipeg has reasonable mobility for moving around, but with those changes, those provincial changes to the uh, the airport vicinity and you know sort of the restrictions that are in place, it opens up a great deal of opportunity for enhanced redevelopment. Prior to that, as you were area one within that area, you took down a house, you could build a house. Now there may be opportunities to do uh, multiplexes, intensify development, residential development out there. And so what we're going to look very quickly at is, do we have the servicing capacity and pipes to be able to do that? That's always a challenge, particularly on a combined sewer area, which many of our older neighborhoods are. So we want to be able to provide those opportunities. And I think the airport, uh, the whole Polo Park, St. James area will become a very interesting redevelopment over the next 10 to 15 years, just because of the lifting of some of those restrictions. One last final question, and I cannot thank you enough for participating in this podcast and taking the time to go through these major long-term planning documents and my line of questions. They will truly shape our future city's growth and development. Do you think the added refinements, monitoring, and additional tools to implement our Winnipeg 2045 and Complete Communities 2.0 will allow you as planning director to be more nimble and adroit at guiding city council to build a better city for Winnipegers. And maybe just to follow up quickly on that, does it strike the right balance in your view? Thank you for today. I, I'm enthusiastic about this. And I think there's lots to unpack in, in these opportunities related to the refinements and tools. Yes, this is our vision for moving forward. This is the kind of city we want to have as contained within these documents. And we now have to operationalize it. We have to operationalize it not only in planning, but in public works, uh, water and waste, and community services. Those are those are our key goals. We talk about being in our department, are we flat? Are we flexible? Are we forward thinking? So we're pretty flat. You know, our investment in planning per capita is probably one of the lowest in the country. So Regina's is sort of three times higher than what, what we invest. But I think we have great staff. And if we have the right tools in place. It allows us to be flexible. We use the uh, the duplex infill as an example of, is there a range of options? So are we flat? Yes. Are we flexible? We're trying to be. And these, these documents help us move forward. And are we forward thinking? So that flat, 
flexible and forward thinking. These are forward thinking documents. We're not there yet, but our Winnipeg and complete communities have pointed us in the directions that Winnipeggers have told us they want us to go. And that includes social equity, education, environmental resiliency, good governance and leadership, and city building. And really, our documents and tools are about all of those. I'm optimistic. I think it strikes the right balance. And next year, we'll have an opportunity to, with new council, new mayor, new four-year budget, and a new municipal development plan to bring into alignment things that have not necessarily been able to be aligned over the last decade. Well, again, I want to thank you for participating today, John. And I just have to affirm your final uh, answer in terms of agreeing that having all these now in place and being implemented in advance of, of next year's civic election will be really helpful to any of the candidates and to the successful councillors and mayor in, in going forward with your department. We have to reflect the community and we have to take leadership and direction from our political leaders. So I think, uh, yes, there is a right balance and, and it's the components are starting to come together. And I'd uh, recommend that we're going out with the consultation on the city of Winnipeg's transportation plan. If you want a form determinant for the next 40 years, it's a transportation plan. It shapes how we will grow. And so I think that for you and the membership, if your participation and actually leadership from the board has been great. So thank you for that and for continued participation as we move forward. Anyway, thank you. Okay, thanks uh, again. Take care. Okay, bye. I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode. 